Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Ocean Protect podcast talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect, committed to change. Here we are at beautiful Bondi Beach with two beautiful ladies, Anita and Caroline. Welcome to our little show. Hi, Brett. Hi, thanks for having us. It's a beautiful day. Jeremy, what do you, th- what do you think about Bondi? Man, I'm from Manly. <laughs> We're we having just, this we, conversation we beforehand. We on the way yeah. through. You're either a Manly or Bondi. Look, I love it. Beautiful, pristine beaches. Just... Too many people for me, mate. I'm from country New Zealand, as you know. Mm. Crowds sort of make me go a bit weird. So anyway, the lovely Bondi, and it's uh, home to the Ocean Lovers Festival 2020, which is why we're here to have a chat to these wonderful ladies about this amazing event that they've in their second year, and uh, Ocean Protect are proud to be uh, a small part of it, along with Tomra, Volvo, and heaps of other names I can't remember. Um, but we're here to have a chat about what these two extraordinary ladies have been doing. Um, and just to tell us about the Ocean Lovers Festival. So, Bradley. Yeah, so the Ocean Lovers Festival actually will be held here. That's right. So what, what's going to be happening? What is the Ocean well, Lovers no, no, Festival? First and foremost, let's go back. Oh! What, what, are you, what are you two ladies doing organising a festival like this? I mean, how's this all come about? Is this a dream? Is this uh, something you just conjured up over the back of a beer coaster? What's the go? <laughs> uh, it's been brewing for a while. I'd been working with my dad actually on a bit of a project that was even seemed bigger than this and I thought it's just too big to get off the ground. So I decided to start working on the festival side of it because mm. I thought that was something that seemed pretty simple. And I went down and had a chat to the Commodore of the Rose Bay Sailing Club who was sponsoring my dad who started windsurfing again and he goes, this is awesome, you've got to go and have a chat with Kaz about it because he'd worked with her in sailing. So it kind of grew from there. Like, I mean, my background, is my, my dad was an Olympic sailor and I've always grown oh, up wow. around the water and I just had a love of oceans and a love of, you know, love of, you know, spending time at the beach and what, around the water. What type of boats did he sail? He sailed Tornado and Flying Dutchman's. Don't even know what a Tornado and a Flying Dutchman is apart from the a obvious. Tornado is a catamaran. Oh, wicked. Yeah, but it was very, the first. Very, fast. Yes. Very fast. That's okay. Right. Well, because us as Kiwis, we've got more boats per capita, more sailboats per capita. So I should have known the answer to that question. <laughs> so carry on. So uh, you're having a bit of a chat. You went and met Kaz and 
boom, blew your mind. And boom. And Kaz said, yeah, let's go and see what council thinks of this. And it took us about two months to get it ready for council because I thought I'd just written up my two pages of notes and we could just go, yeah, here we go, council. Can we go and we've got a little festival plan for Bondi <laughs> and thought it was pretty straightforward. But there was a little bit more to it than that. So Kaz so, uh, has uh, a lot more of a experience Over to you, Kaz. So <laughs> what was, uh, how, how did this all come about? You get a phone call, a bit of a knock-knock? Yeah, I sure did. And I'd done a lot of work in sailing, but snap, like you, I come from New Zealand. So I'd grown up on the water and sailing and loving the ocean. So when Anita brought me this idea, I'll take you back a little bit. I had um, an amazing young woman who was a lighting designer and engineer who brought me the very first idea for Vivid. So we got that off the ground. Well, let's just explain what Vivid is to our listeners. Ah, okay. Vivid, uh, we started it as a low-energy light festival. Um, We got the state government on board, and now it's one of the biggest light festivals in the Southern Hemisphere. And we went and got Brian Eno to support us in that first festival, so it ended up incorporating music and then a whole ideas section, and it's now had its 10th year. It's a big festival. So this was another great idea, and I love good ideas, and so we've worked... So no pressure, basically. (laughs) This is going to be the biggest ocean-loving festival in the world. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. So the the idea comes to you, you think, gee, I want to jump on this. How, How do you take something... Uh, you know, from, from an idea to, like, I mean, what's the first thing you do? Your location, um, funding? I mean, talk us through that type of things because, you know, everyone's got a great idea, but, but no mm. one can, you know, not everyone can get off the couch and go and do it. Yeah, correct. Look, you do a lot of research to just check that you're kind of on the money with how people are feeling, and I think we came in just on the crest of when ocean started to really come into focus as an environmental concern, and I mm. think the whole community now sees that. We started this journey two and a half years ago, that, w- that was still fledgling, but we met a lot of people. We went and talked endlessly. Our coffee bills were huge. Yeah. Uh, and that's how you pull together the idea. We discovered so many people who had been working in this space, uh, but they didn't have kind of an upbeat solution, a way to connect with the community uh, quite the same way the festival does. Yeah. It was kind of like a platform for all these people that we'd been meeting to be able to come and talk about and showcase what they're doing. We thought there's so many cool ideas out here for mm. oceans, but who's showcasing them? Two and a half years ago, I mean, it sort of seems a bit ironic because it was about the same time we at Stormwater 360 had this crazy idea about changing to Ocean Protect because of the, what you could see that was going on in the media. Was that sort of the case for you guys? Yeah, I guess we opened our eyes up to it. A lot more. And as you start to notice things, it's like anything. It's like the colour of your car. You start to see more of them. We could see ocean issues everywhere. They were disparate. They weren't being stitched together, but they were all starting to head in the same direction. And we're lucky here in Waverley. We, we took it to council. We had a lot of great supporters. We've got an environment here at this beach, same as Manly, but people who are really open to this kind of stuff. So we got a lot of encouragement. Uh, to go through the mechanics of the quite tough stuff to get a festival off the ground, but also the really exciting stuff. We just we had international supporters coming at us right from day one, didn't we? Mm. And I think it's a good, I guess, template. Like a lot of environmental issues, and this is something we spoke about at length with Laura Wells mm. in our last podcast with her, there's a lot of environmental issues that are very doom and gloom and they uh, right. are very depressing and it makes you feel despondent. And often you don't even know where to how to go about doing anything, really. It almost paralyses you with sort of concern and, and fear. Yeah, and that's that where I think um, the Ocean Lovers Festival is actually really positive. It's, it's, a, it's a positive vibe. You're, you're bringing all these people together. You're talking about the problem, yeah, for sure, but you're also talking about solutions and what we can all do about it. 
That's right. That was exactly our point, to actually uh, create an environment to inspire people and give them hope because people are feeling too despondent and too despaired and then you feel like, what's the point? I can't do anything anyway, so what's the point? And so that early on idea, was it geared around, was it called the Ocean Lovers Festival? when you yeah, well, No, 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 no. What was the first name? <laughs> it Come was on. called Ocean Lovers Festival. Oh, that was out of the box. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, because when we went to Ocean Protect, I think, we, I think we settled on the Ocean Protection Agency and then we... Sounded like an NGO. We went through heaps, but so you landed on that first Ocean Lovers Festival. Boom! Yeah, Jeez, you should it have been kind of covered it all. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we were starting with the concept, what the hardest thing was that in our first year, because we were selling a dream, like you said, nobody really knew what we were doing yet. Was it a sporting event? Was it an environmental event? We had to really create a niche for ourselves and a place for ourselves, and that was probably the hardest thing to do at the time. So now we've kind of fallen upon a that we're a festival of ideas art music and actions for the ocean so people know what they're coming to and know a little bit more what to expect isn't that interesting that that niche that you guys are in currently well previously wasn't really being utilized that's right isn't that unusual with all these environmental issues that we face around the planet no one really sort of done yeah, a festival yeah, around I, this and talking about ideas and solutions etc but, w- but where we sit today i don't find that unusual but i suppose two and a half years ago because it is yeah. out and we've been to the, you know, the Ocean Lovers Festival last year. It just seems absurd. Because these ladies are trailblazers. Let's face it, they're pioneers. Yeah. Everyone's just going to follow in your wake. Well, it's going to be the biggest ocean loving festival within 10 years, isn't it? That's it. Bang so h- how, what gives the time frame between the call to Kaz, pitching the ideas? Like, wh- what's the time frame between first coffee with Kaz and the festival? So when I wrote everything down on a piece of paper, it was right before Christmas. I went to see Kaz when my kids went back to school in the end of January and by May we were in front of council and that was a bit of a like test for us because we thought if council like it and buy it on it then we know that we've got something to go with. So from that moment on things started to just catapult and I ended up getting invited to go to Ocean Week in Monaco by the ambassador of Monaco, so I went over there for their second annual... As you do. Yeah. Uh, did, I, I don't think we got an invite, did we? Monaco no. Ocean Week, um, which no. was very interesting. Very different from our event, but they wanted to see how we could potentially tie yeah. the ideas together, and they were really supportive. And then I went over to EarthX in the States, in Dallas, which is the biggest environmental festival in the world. So it's an, basically Earth Day celebration, and they have 137,000 people that come through. Wow. Again, Brad, the you festival. didn't get an invite no, for that. No. So uh, I actually went and presented the festival there, and met Sylvia Earl for the first time, which was mind-blowing to me. So for those who don't know her, she's like the David Attenborough of marine science. She's pretty awesome. And I, sa- I started babbling on to her saying, I'm, gonna, I'm doing this Ocean Lovers Festival in Australia and I'm going to nominate a hope spot for Sydney and do this, that and the other. And then she, I, got, I got her book and she autographed it for me and she said, to Anita, champion for the oceans. And not even a year after that, I had her team come out here to launch the Sydney Coast Hope Spot at the festival. Oh, wow. And then she actually came out here for Science Week in August last year and I got a message on my phone one morning saying, uh, hello, Anita, this is Sylvia Earle speaking. Uh, I would just like to take my Hope Spot champion to lunch today, so I hope you're free. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I what almost fell off my chair. <laughs> <laughs> so you obviously brushed her. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm busy. I've got to do some washing my hair. <laughs> I thought she wasn't going to have time for me because wow. it was a whirlwind trip for two days. So I'd taken the kids to store, gone and jumped in the water, and I got back home, and I was like, oh, my God, she's expecting me in 45 minutes. It was a mad rush. So, oh, so time oh. frame, so Christmas, an idea on a piece of paper, coffee with Kaz, in front of council in May. Yep, and the and following April was our first festival. Wow. And obviously it's a, it's a, 
I guess, a sort of a, a four or five day festival, but it obviously must be all encompassing all year round. I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what's involved? What's yeah, yeah. Let's let, let's hit it down. Let's um, let's go through the program as much as we can. What's involved? You know, for our listeners out there in Australia, getting them down to Bondi. When's it going to happen? What's you know? Give us a one one of the Ocean Lovers Festival 2020. We're pleased that we've moved forward into March. So we're March <laughs> 17 to 22 because it's a bit warmer in the water. Yeah. Uh, the weather's a bit more inviting, and we've managed to. Uh, Anita mentioned. Uh, Put some categories around the festivals, so ideas, art plus music, actions, and so we're filling those strands with lots of activities to invite different kinds of groups. So you talk about the eco-conscious, and, and yes, there have been eco-festivals around, but we really are talking to an audience that we have described as concerned consumers. So they're people who don't necessarily know what's going on. So we want lots of reasons for you to feel like you can come and get involved and find out something new. So our hashtag is IC Change. IC Change, hashtag IC Change. That'll be in the bottom of the show notes, yeah, Bradley. Yeah, yeah. So it's I-S-E-A Correct. Change. Yep. Correct. And we hope when you come here you will see something that will make you change and notice what changes you can make to help the oceans. So loads of good reasons to come down. We have a whole live music program on our sunshine solar-powered stage at the Pavilion. We have talks from scientists flying in from around the world, literally. We have Ari Friedlander coming direct from Antarctica, one of the world's greatest whale experts. You can get up close and talk to this guy. He's He's a bear. He's amazing. Some of the top scientists coming over from Perth, from the Menindaroo Foundation, loads of the universities giving us their marine biologists, loads of these gorgeous young people who are really making a difference. So you can come and meet them. We're calling it science in your swimmers. You can literally walk off the beach in I'm your there. swimmers. <laughs> <laughs> so you well, can come off the beach in your budgies. In your budgies. <laughs> in your and, budgies. Yeah. You can actually go up to Iceberg's Pool and take a dive in. We are planting a crayweed oh, forest. Does. yeah. And the living seawall tiles. They're going to go into the pool. You can get in and swim around through it and hear about this amazing science project restoring all our Sydney coastline. Sorry, that's in the pool. Yeah, in the pool. Putting, Sorry. They're putting it in seagrass in the pool. In the pool, wow. And I'll tell you what it does. It sexes. It breeds itself. It's been one of the okay. most Oh, God, Brad, here goes a pun. Hang on. <laughs> here goes a pun. Brad will be in there. <laughs> it's why what? we call it the Brad pool. <laughs> he knows my material. <laughs> I gotta go. I it's not new. hard, mate. <laughs> I guess it's a big narcissist. <laughs> wow, uh, that sounds cool. Yeah. This project, the Sydney Institute of Marine Science, have been replanting crayweed along 70 kilometres of your coastline. Most of you don't get to see that. The crayweed has been breeding so prolifically that it's one of the most successful projects they've ever put on. So you can physically go and talk to some of those scientists yeah, and wow. swim in the pool. Got to get up there and do that. Katie will be there, Dr. Katie yeah. Dufon from the Sydney Institute of Marine Science. For sure. From oh, a podcast guest, yeah. It's free. They get, the pool are going to let you in for free. So oh, get your swimmers oh, on and get up there. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, okay. and we got some good news this week, actually. The, tide, the king tides are coming through so much that the installation's going to go in a day early because that's Ooh. when they'll change the pool over. In fact, they've got to install it overnight. So oh, wow. Interesting days. Then we also have the living seawall tiles that Volvo have been doing. They're absolutely amazing, and they've been putting them up all over the walls of Sydney Harbour, so you'll be able to see those as well because all the f- walls in the harbour are flat and the sea life can't attach itself. Yeah, yeah. So we're losing all these 
you know, feed the, the opportunities for all these little creatures to feed and then that sort of goes on down the chain. And I, and I must say, while we're here, you know, massive shout-out to Volvo. I mean, I was there at the launch, and uh, I can't remember the name of the, the guy, but he was a big head honcho of Volvo. He was Nick like... Connor. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, uh, look, sorry you guys might be thinking, what's a car company doing sponsoring an Ocean Lovers Festival? But he went through it. Do you know every new car from Volvo is a hybrid? No, I didn't know that. Well, there you go. Boom, boom, shake the room. <laughs> no, no, but I do big, now. But big shout-out to, to Volvo and to Tomra and your other supporters. I'm mm. sure you could list them off, but without these guys... Um, you know, events there like this. There wouldn't be an Ocean Lovers Exactly. Uh, anyway, so back to it. So we've got uh, that uh, installation. W- what else can people expect coming down here if you're just the Joe Blow average person wanting to get involved? Is there some beach cleanups? What's going on? Yeah. So Sunday of the festival, we'll have a big Bondi beach clean. And we're also going to do a paddle out for protection. You can get involved in either of those for free. And... Uh, that'll be about our hope spot. We've Do we need to sign up at all? Yeah, you can sign up online on our the website, website www.oceanloversfestival.com. Cool. So you sign up if you want to attend. You've got to sign up, though. Is that correct? No, you can also sign up on the day. Right. Okay, cool. And the beach cleanup, again, signing up for that as well? Or you just beach cleanup, down? you can sign up on the day, but you can also turn up. Okay. Um, yeah, you can sign up before on, on the website. Yeah. And so we've also got blue yoga for the sea on Saturday. Okay. That means dressed in blue, by the way. Oh. <laughs> so you could just body paint. I could see your <laughs> <laughs> I could see your facial expression. So uh, what with is body what, mind life? So what's um, blue yoga? We're encouraging everyone to wear something blue. Okay. And come down and join Body Mind Life. It's free. It's an hour and a half of yoga and meditation on the beach. All I'm hearing right is awesome free stuff, learning about the ocean, learning about like... Yeah, man, it's like awesome. We have so much more. So we've got films, we've got a VR, underwater earth oh, VR exhibition where you can literally... Drones. Yeah, well, that's yeah. another... Oh, we've got oh, the Australian... So <laughs> cutting into the next thing now. <laughs> we've got the Australian National Maritime Museum bringing down underwater drones that you'll be able to do tours off the rocks of North Bondi and see what's underneath. Uh, we've got underwater earth exhibition in the gallery with two virtual reality films and these amazing 360 flattened images that you can dive in with your smartphone via QR codes and see all around the image and find out what's so special about that location and what there is to see there. We have got workshops for kids of all ages with physics education and supported by Inspiring Australia, which is amazing. So we have uh, two full days from 10 till 4 at our Ocean Lab in the Bondi Pavilion. Jeez, you've just got everything. Like, I'm just, I'm gobsmacked that what's, this is the second, is this the second, second year? year? This is the second year. Yeah. It almost seems like it's been 20 years in the, you know, yeah. going strong, you know, run by a conglomerate of 20,000 employees. Yeah, and with big Kaz budgets. Yeah. killing it. How do you guys get paid? Big budgets. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it amazing how yeah. just an idea that's uh, so young mm. is already just an incredible program of amazing stuff and producing so many, like, just so many good information sort of being proliferated around the, this little area. That's right. Well, this year we've actually got almost 30 stallholders coming to share wow. their cool eco ideas. And there's everything from swimwear made out of recycled fishing nets to eco furniture to sur- no-tox surfboards made out of... Uh, what else have we got? We've got so many products, I can't even think of it. So you'll have to come down and check them out. Oh, we're definitely going to be here, aren't we, Jeremy? Well, mate, I don't... Did you get the invite? Well... Because <laughs> uh, Jeremy keeps fishing, excuse the pun, of like, what's, what's happening, what's happening? But you're, you're leaving one key aspect of the festival out, surely. What? But you and me are uh, talking. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Come down and join the boys at the beach clean. And, boom, boom, uh, shake the room. Maybe stop off and do a little bit, a little bit of a... Uh, podcast with them. Oh, listen look to out. yeah, Live listen to podcast. their talk on stage with um, during our fish tank segment. What is this fish tank like? It obviously includes at some at some part of it. Jeremy and myself getting up there and jumping you, in some of the fish tank. You bet, tank. you bet. You got to come and see these guys do this. So. <laughs> We're putting on some live music from one o'clock. So we've got bands like Declan Kelly, Earthlings. Uh, Chasing Giants. World, world Champions. So some very cool local bands, Real Ocean Lovers coming down. We're going to make a lot of noise from one o'clock in that courtyard. And in between the band set changeovers, we're going to throw you guys on stage to just help keep our audience really engaged. Oh, wow. And that is our fish tank. So you're going to get 20 minutes each day of cool new ideas for the oceans and we just love your ideas for the oceans and how that journey's been and we're going to hear from a few other people cool uh, and we're inviting the public if they've got a cool idea for the ocean uh, you're going to have to give it to us online on yep. our website and if it's really good they might match up to you guys and we can throw them on the stage as well <laughs> Brad, I just look for the listeners at home. I've, it's like a kid getting a Christmas present for the first time ever. He's licking his lips. He's going, me on stage again? Great. <laughs> <laughs> he's already worried he's going to wear. Just get a haircut, mate, would you? I'm listening to all this cool stuff. It's Jeremy and me getting on stage, mate, you know, carrying on like... No, Jeremy and I. What did I say? Jeremy and me. Mate, Helen is going <laughs> to... I'm sick of... I love this doing this just to wind him up. No, 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 no. no then no. there's science, science and our swimmers, which is just me all over. Yeah. <laughs> doing beach cleanups, paddling out. In your swimmers. Get, getting my body paint out from a yoga session. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm just... In your element. I can't even talk. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the poor guy. So if, if, if you're at home, say you're, um, say you're living in the West, well, you know, it, it seems like it's just a, a coastal sort of thing. How do we get the people from, you know, out West, Parramatta, Penrith, how are we going to get these people down here? Is there, is there something that we can do to entice these people? Because, like, Brad and I go around and we talk to a lot of people and they go, mate, there's no ocean near me, I don't care. Mm. Um, you know, what, what's one of the things that we can try and get out there to, to encourage people that aren't necessarily so close to the ocean you know, to get them down. Have you got any ideas around that? It's a free day of family fun. Yeah, there we go. Everyone loves the word free. <laughs> but you talk about, like, this is something we actually raised when we were at the Ocean Lovers Festival last year, the fact that there is such a disconnect between the land and the ocean. Yeah. Like, Jeremy might remember that I got up and spoke to Dr. Karen Phelps when she was on that panel, and I sort of said, look, 
everyone was talking about ocean plastic at the time. And I said, look, from my mind, no one's talking about where it's coming from. And something we talk about at length is the fact that 80% of ocean plastic comes from land-based sources. The primary reason, the, the primary mechanism as to how it gets there is stormwater runoff. We can actually stop that flow of pollution into our oceans and waterways. Mm-hmm. Quite simple. Uh, and I think when I spoke to Karen, I sort of said, look, the state of California are stopping, uh, have set a goal of zero trash to oceans by 2030. How come Australia can't do it? And this was in the, in the lead up to uh, the federal election at the time. Uh, and to be honest, I think that was early days when we were talking about this zero litter to ocean target that Jeremy and myself coined probably about a month or two prior. Oh, mate, no, no, hold on, mate. Years. We, we, years we spent developing this. Don't, come on, we, we gave ourselves credit. <laughs> we, we, we didn't have a t- title for it. Well, actually, it was only pretty much a month. <laughs> yeah, a month. <laughs> so it's interesting that from, from that, from that was, was it April or May last year? Mm, April. And then now we're in sort of uh, late February. Fe- We've now got four, no, five councils. Well, and hopefully Waverley, um, yeah. Mayor Paula Macellus. I met her at the opening, um, emailed her straight away that day. She was like, great, this is awesome, please come and see me. So hopefully... All going well, we'll get Waverley to announce they'll do Zero Little Ocean yeah, so at the festival. That'll be one more council. No pressure, Waverley, no pressure. That'll be one more council that has uh, committed to a Zero Little to Ocean target. Mm. And I was, from my mind, it's a great way of actually building that connection. Like one, one of the, you, know, you mentioned all the cool things that's going to happen at this festival. One of the things that I think probably is the number one feature is the fact that it just gets all these really cool and you know high high vibrational uh, individuals in a room and it's just a fantastic feeling don't you don't you think well, well first and foremost mate we're not going to be stuck in a room we're <laughs> or in, in a sort of a location it, it, from my mind it's just a fantastic vibe i remember being at the ocean lovers festival last year and it was just after the panel session we all sort of um you know uh, walked out onto the, the viewing deck area and there would have been maybe 50 or 60 people or whatever. We got a group photo. Yeah, I remember those. And we just sort 80 of, people. 80 people, there, And we just sort of, sort of you t- turn around and go, oh, so what's your story and, and who are you? And it was all these cool people like um, the, the volunteers from Clean Up Bronte. There was a lady there that was doing an uh, ocean film festival. Plastic Free Bondi. Yeah, plastic. It was just all, was, honestly, it was... Laura every, Wells, I think. Laura Wells, yeah. yeah. She had the uh, Stop Adani earrings, I remember. Yeah. I'd never met Laura that's, before. That's, that's, cre- right. that's, that's creepy. <laughs> that's creepy. <laughs> well, they were pretty distinctive earrings. <laughs> but uh, my, my, the, my point is there was Creep. all these amazing people that all doing individually fantastic work, but collectively it was such a great feeling. And I think that actually is quite inspiring. Well, I think one of the fun things is that you can come down. It, you don't have to be an ocean swimmer or a sports, you know, a sports fanatic or a big ocean athlete or something to come down and enjoy the festival. Sure. You can come down and see a film and find, you know, buy yourself a, a new pair of yoga leggings or something made out of recycled plastic bottles and feel that you're doing something yeah. different and having, you know, having a positive impact. Now, one thing we haven't talked about, what about food? Because I love eating food. Is, is there... <laughs> Are we are we going to be eating seafood? You're not going to starve. Okay, we're not going to starve. You're not going to starve, okay, I cool. promise. Okay, no, that's cool. No, no, just checking. So we have um, we have a, a few little food things happening at the at the festival hub. We've got Oz Harvest that are coming down. Oh, Oz Harvest, doing love those some guys. good food, and for every meal someone buys, they'll be giving a free meal to someone in oh, need. Perfect. So that's fabulous, and they're doing. I think they're doing a vegetarian and another option, not seafood. 
Um, then we have some vegan ice cream, which oh. is absolutely amazing, coming over from your side. Oh, from Manly. This yeah. festival just keeps standing better, I'll be yeah. honest with you. And we've got these really cool, um, I think it's called Fresco Drink Shacks that do all these beautiful smoothies and mocktails in, in uh, little watermelon and pineapple shells and things. And then all the local venues from Bondi, from Bucket List to Pacific Club, Hotel Revisis, they're doing some Fantastic Ocean Lovers menus and also Eden, uh, which is a new vegan restaurant in Bondi. If you have not tried it, you need to eat there. It's well, actually, we need to eat something after this podcast. But, <laughs> but, that's, but that really hits home what, what this festival is doing to the community. When you've got restaurants and people backing you, putting on Ocean Lovers menus, that must make you feel pretty cool. Considering we're year two and you're getting a lot of local support. How, how are you finding the fame of uh, being the, the guys that have uh, set up the Ocean Lovers Festival? Is it going to your head? It's quite funny. Um, I got an email the other day from, you know, my kids have just gone back to school there at Bondi Beach Public and one of the parents, uh, you know, they, they always set up these little WhatsApp groups and everything with the parents and one of the, one of the girl goes, they, they sent a double one. I said, why did we get two WhatsApp groups for the same class? And she goes, oh, can't believe you're the founder of the Ocean Lovers Festival. And I said, oh, did you come there last year? She's a big deal. She, you know, yeah, apparently so. I didn't know so. <laughs> Oh, but that's it, fabulous. It obviously sounds very, like, it's an, uh, I take my hat off to you girls, like, ladies. You, you've done an amazing job. And, like, last year was fantastic. I honestly can't wait to see what happens this year. But I'm, I'm guessing it's hard work as well. Like, as much as, as glamorous yeah, as it sounds. Yeah, you guys are still friends. Bloody hard work. We're, yeah. we're always friends. We're always friends. Yeah. Under no, the, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I want the microphone over here. <laughs> yes. Does this... Because there must Come be on, some give testing us, Give us a rip the Band-Aid off. Closer than ever. Oh, I so admire Anita. She's got four kids. Wow. Well, that, would, gee, that alone. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Hats it's off. family and friends. We, we are very grateful for both our families and friends. This is a real passion project, but it'll build into something really important. Wow. That, that is amazing. I'm sorry. I'm going to go over the four kids thing. Gee, that's, that's a lot of work right well, there. But, but can I tell you, what, what's actually involved in trying to organise something? Like, there's probably someone listening. We've got, a, we've got an international audience. It's quite bizarre who listens to this show. We've got people in everywhere from Spain to Iceland to Thailand, whatever. If someone was actually thinking about doing something similar in their own little neck of the woods, can you give an idea as to the work involved? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You, you might just want to get us along to yeah, organise yeah. it because we've done all the legwork. Yeah, yeah. No, you really have to find the right kind of council and infrastructure location because yeah. none of these things are actually brand new. We're using a lot of mechanics that are already in existence and you've got to get really good people, positive people around you and then... You need to follow the money trail. That's that's really that's hard the work. Bit. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, you have to be relevant to people, and you need to make fast decisions. You can spend a lot of time wasting with people that aren't on the same wavelength. So, yeah. you have to get really clear what that is. You have to align your values, and you have to see it in their eyes that you're clicking, and push forward really hard, and then then you're obliged to deliver. So to do mm. that, you have to have all the other good people around you. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot. And, and, and when you're trying to do something like we are, which has so much good faith attached to it as well, you're really limited to the kind of people that you want to get in, um, in bed with yeah. and sponsor you because you, you don't want to align with someone that doesn't have the same ethos and values as you do. Yeah. So even all our partners, all the partners that we've got on board, we've been really particular rigorous. and rigorous to make sure that they match what we're trying to, the, the image that we want to uphold and that we're trying to create. It's interesting days though. I think if, uh, particularly in this environmental space and ocean as well, they're calling 2020 the year of the oceans. There's about yep. five global 
massive conferences around the blue economy, the blue risks and what the world's starting to switch on to in terms of the carbon sink that the ocean is mm. and how symbiotic all our environment is with the ocean. So a lot of people already know that, a whole lot don't. So it's interesting days. Businesses everywhere are starting to open their eyes and look at that. So I think we're finding more and more alignment and synergy and I think that'll only grow in the coming times but it doesn't make the job any easier. No, no, that's right. Uh, but it's funny because... It's very fulfilling though. Yeah. It is, it is. It's very rewarding. It's The last three, four weeks are like a blur in the end when you're running into the festival uh, but it, it's, it is very rewarding. But I think people don't realise, you know, every day what lies underneath the ocean mm. so it's really something that it's we had to find a way to bring it to the people in a different way. And Sylvia also says something that always that, that, that really hit me, like two out of every three breaths we take come from the ocean. Mm. If we don't look after the ocean, there's, there's no us. So mm. we really have to find a way to make, you know, bring that to the people, yeah. but in a nice positive way. It's interesting. I've done some work over the years. One of the some fundraising friends of mine find the easiest thing to raise money for in the world is wildlife. Yeah. Uh, to Ronga Zoo Foundation, what's happening now in Australia. And it's an interesting fact that 90% of the species on the planet are actually in the ocean. Mm. And we're ignoring that because we're just not They're bringing... They're not as cute and cuddly as koala yeah. bears. Oh, they are cute. They are, but, you know, people... Yeah. Yeah, in people's heads. That's right. Well, mate, just on koalas, geez, they are cute. <laughs> they are, like... I, mean, I think dolphins are well, really cute too and whales too, but I think people don't have that same attachment. Yeah, no, you I, don't. I think it's that connectivity that we t- spoke about before. Like I think a lot of people – and I was, we were having a really great discussion with Dr. Adrian Gutteridge from Marine Stewardship Council oh, about this. should have been there. I mean, that was pretty – like a guy who loves eating fish versus V-Man over there. <laughs> but what, what, pretty what, interesting what, conversation. The, the point I, I tried to make at one point was one of our um, partners, um, the Sea Turtle Foundation, Mike mispronouncing their title, Jeremy, the Sea Turtle Foundation at Coffs Harbour? Yeah, Dwan, Dr. Dwan Dr. March. Dwan March with the guys down in Coffs Harbour. I think it's called uh, the Sea Turtle Foundation. Anyway, so they do a lot of fantastic work rescuing and rehabilitating uh, sea turtles and other marine species. And, and, and Jeremy was invited to actually release one of these um, beautiful creatures after some rehabilitation. And it's, once you sort of hold them in your hands and you sort of see them firsthand, you, you realise how amazing they are and how beautiful they are and how you just want to protect, do whatever, everything you can to protect them. But also when you're, when you're disconnected from them, you, you, you don't have that attachment. You don't have that sort of feel of wanting to protect. And the conversation we happened with Dr. Um, Adrian... I nearly, look, put it this way. I nearly cried. Well, I did. I got a bit tearful after releasing this turtle. I'm, on, I'm sort of like, obviously, Jeremy. up to bed. Well, because you understand the story. You understand, what, like, his journey. Or, you know, like, it's just amazing. And then once we release, and I'm sort of sitting there half in water, I'm like, <laughs> you know... Well, put yourself in the... Sh- oh, mate, you, I'd, be bawling, I'd, be, I'd still be crying. Like, that's, like, I'm a little bit more sensitive than others, let's face it, though. But <laughs> the point I was making was, like, there, there's, we're talking about bycatch and the fact that, okay, for every 10 kilos of fish I might catch, I might catch four, four kilos of bycatch. So 40% of bycatch. And the numbers that get kicked around are, like, 650,000 turtles, dolphins and whales are unnecessarily killed from bycatch. And I was just like, well, hang on. It's those numbers, you, feel, you hear them, and they just almost roll off the back of you. But... If you just imagine one of those in your hand, you'd, you'd never want to do anything to harm that. But at the, at the same time, we are still disconnected from that issue. So whilst everyone's really concerned around the ocean, often it's so big and expansive and so separate from us land lovers, we often don't know how to sort of relate and connect. And also sort of when we recognise there's issues facing the ocean, such as 
um, acidification, climate change, plastic pollution, we don't realise how we might impact those, uh, that, those issues as well. I think that's the biggest issue, that we don't realise how that's actually going to impact us because yeah. it, you know, we need a healthy ecosystem on land and in the water for us all to be able to thrive. Without, yeah. we, can't, we can't live on land with an ocean that's not functioning properly. Yeah, yeah. But back in the day, I remember there was, I think it was like in the 1880s, there was a, I think it was a guy called Thomas Hardy who said basically the ocean's so big we couldn't possibly have any sort of significant impact on it all. It's, it's too big to die. But now we realise, she whiz, that is... And I think that they, that they used that as a way of actually um, uh, justifying huge fishing back in the days. And, and, and I think by the 1920s, for example, they, one of their fisheries was completely decimated. And they, and they sort of thought again, well, maybe we weren't so correct by saying that oceans is bit too big to die. But now we realise with all the science and information that's shared so widely now, there's some significant issues facing the ocean. And then that sort of makes you think, well, what can we physically do about it? So Australia right now, just reported a couple of weeks ago, reduced our fishing quotas to let stocks in lots of areas kind of replenish. The fishery, the the fishing industry can't even actually make a catch to reach those quotas anymore because the depletion's not recovering. So they're not even reaching their quotas and those quotas were set low to kind of replenish. So yeah, the, the damage is done and it's getting away from us really fast. Well, that's really interesting. We had a pretty in-depth conversation with uh, Adrian. He did not mention that, number one. Number two, we, do you know we import 70% of our seafood here? Yes, I did know yeah, that. Great, Sad. just for anyone else listening, um, we import 70% of our seafood and where we do export our seafood, it's only high-value seafood, uh, crabs from Western Australia... But no, that's interesting. I, well, maybe we should pull old Adrian up on this. <laughs> okay. Put Adrian and Caro into a uh, situation. Maybe put a podcast microphone, see what happens. <laughs> Fight. But I think that's one of the things that this festival get, does. It, it brings all these individuals together. Like ultimately, we all want to protect and safeguard our oceans, but often we don't know actually how to do that properly. That's right. More people become aware, the more you, yeah. the more you can do yeah. about it. So Absolutely. that's what people can come down and watch a film, take part in a workshop, listen to some awesome scientists talking on the stage. Check out some really cool stalls, listen to some good music, have something to eat. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a full day out. <laughs> well, just on that, um, we're just aware of, of these lovely ladies' time, but let's hit some hard facts. Date, when, when does this real kick off? Let's repeat this. March 17, the exhibition opens here in the pavilion, but your real weekend is March 21, 22. That's when the whole shebang's all going on. March 21, 22. If you're not here, you're not cool, basically. <laughs> So get your ass down to Bondi, get involved, get, you know, there's so much to do as we've just been, you know, talking about. Come down, just have a chat, bring the family, be yeah. fantastic. And check out our, our website, web, uh, oceanloversfestival.com and all our socials, Ocean Lovers Festival as well, to keep um, up to date with what the, what's, uh, what's happening with the program. Yeah, fantastic. So this will be in the show notes. Anita Kaz, thank you so much for coming on our little show. Um, really looking forward to being involved in uh, in this lovely festival this year. Brad and I obviously got to know you from last year. Guys, we believe in this. It's a fantastic cause. So as I said, get your ass down to, to Bondi, March 21, 22. Let's have a great weekend. Thanks so thank much you. for supporting us. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.